you think you're riding the price higher, but actually they could just as easily decide to eliminate all those trades overnight. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Hey, welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Morand, and I will be your host for this episode. And from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we thank you for your continued support. And as you can imagine, this community keeps growing more and more and more every single week. And there's a lot to talk about during these historic times. And we've got, of course, Andrew McGuire in the house with returning special guest, Mr. David Tice. And they'll be talking gold, of course. This is going to be an amazing episode, I know. So fasten your seatbelt. Uh, Live from the Vault gives you access to information that you just can't get anywhere else. And this episode will be no exception. And just before we go to Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire and our special guest, remember, hit that like button, subscribe, you know, do all the things necessary because it really, as you keep spreading the word, will help a lot of people discover this important uh, information. So then if you want to, you can also click on the bell and you'll be notified live every time one of these episodes goes up. So again, hit the button right now. And so with that, let me introduce you to our returning special guest. His name is David Tice and he was the founder of David W. Tice and Associates, LLC. It's an investment management and research firm. And in 1996, DWT&A started the Prudent Bear Fund to give individual investors the chance to protect themselves against a declining stock market. And David is about to release a brand new documentary. Get your pen and paper out. It's on the U.S. power grid. And what may shock some viewers, of course, it's called Grid Down, Power Up, and this documentary really helps us understand the threat to the U.S. power grid and how and what we can do to fix this problem. And so we'll leave a link right down there below. It's called Grid Down, Power Up. So let's head over to the U.K. with Talking Gold, the one and only Andrew McGuire and Peter Tice. Over to you. Hi, David. It's so nice to have you back again. Really uh, feel privileged that you've come uh, to grace us with your presence today. Um, and I think uh, just to remind people um, a little bit of a background on, on David and, and really to me, I mean, there's many things that set David apart from the crowd, but, but one of them is his ability to identify uh, short sales of overvalued stocks and indices. But, but, but then he's offset these by very cleverly by being long mining companies and gold for so many years to achieve his negatively correlated investment return profile. And we're talking about trillions under management over the years. And I, I really don't know anyone, to be honest, who has that depth of experience um, and, and very contrarian too, very much of a contrarian. When I remember watching him many, many years ago, uh, even in, as we went into the noughties and, and how uh, the, the markets were blowing up and he predicted so much of what was gonna happen. So I think it's nice to have him here We've got geopolitics, geopolitics blowing up. We've got you know, an awful lot of stuff going on. But gold has been a, but silver has been a very strong gold advocate, physical gold advocate. Uh, so, so, so many years. So, with that said, welcome. It, welcome, David. It's an absolute honour that you're with us today. 
Well, so great to be with you, Andrew, and your listeners. Your listeners are quite lucky to have your uh, insights provided uh, on From the Vault. Now, I might have to correct you. I never managed trillions. We we ended up capping it at about $1.6 billion. But, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun in those days, and we certainly protected our investors uh, very well during bear markets. Yeah, Um I think that um, one of the things that popped up in my mind, and I thought, oh, I don't know, this is this is something I've got to ask David about because it, it was confusing the hell out of me yesterday, and and um, you know, so this is why it's important to have you here. The, the Treasury yield curve inversion had my attention yesterday, and we we're talking about the threes and the tens, the fives and the tens, the sevens and the tens, all below zero. What what are we supposed to do here? What what's going on? Well, this is certainly an unusual market, Andrew, and when you have negative real rates to a tune of uh, 600 basis points and you still have a reasonably strong dollar and you have the price of gold go from 2040 back down, you know, 120 bucks after record uh, short positions by bullion banks. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, obviously, I know that you're obviously gold, miners, etc. Um, how, how are you looking at that? So, miners is something I don't actually deal an awful lot with. How, how are you kind of looking at, you see a stock market that's, that's now, the, I see the S&Ps yesterday, somehow managed to get above the 200-day moving average um, into a Fed that looks extremely wrong-footed here. Um, how, how does that figure into how you value your miners? Well, our miners are selling at incredibly cheap levels. And you mentioned my utilization of miners when I ran the Prudent Bear Fund, and they allowed me to offset, you know, losses and some short positions. So I've always been a big believer in the miners, because if you believe in gold and silver, the miners are just a derivative play on those. And if the gold price goes up, then the miner price is going to go up a lot more. And therefore, there have been periods when gold and silver prices did well, the miners were up between 600% and 1500%, and both in the 30s, the 70s, and the 00s. And we think we're at a period where that's going to start, even with flat gold prices, uh, we're managing funds of miners and our portfolio is selling at under 10 times 2022 earnings. And we have an organic growth rate of about 22%. And that's even without the gold price going up. So these companies are incredibly uh, well-priced and we know there's going to be growth. We, we know the ownership you know, from individuals in the United States is now at 0.3%, where the three-decade average is 1.5%. So uh, as more individuals start to own gold and the miners, uh, these prices are going to go up a lot. Yeah, so David, just picking up on your comment here about the uh, counterintuitive um, action that was seen as gold <laughs> should have naturally risen above 2,000 into these I mean, we're talking about uh, a geopolitical situation that's starving commodities from the market. Uh, it's starving uh, gold. It's starving, sil starving silver. We're, we're, we're seeing Russia um, uh, using gold 
as a as a, an, a means of escaping or a means of transiting through some of these sanctions. Um, and I did something just a little while ago about this on World War Three is being played out in the gold market. And of course, World War Three is not going to be fought with uh, with physical uh, weapons. It, of course, has to happen. And the only one area where where you can see now countries are looking at what happened, uh, freezing the assets of a central bank, cutting them off swift. You know, this has the attention of every central bank out there. And as far as as far as the gold market, you've just talked about this this counterintuitive action, which it certainly is, given the fact that we see from a wholesale market perspective, incredibly tight supply. Uh, in fact, with Kazakhstan recently, uh, just this on Friday, or I think it was last week, late last week, cutting off, withholding 500 tons of physical gold from the marketplace. Now, that's not at the margin. I mean, this is even at the margin. Uh, the paper to physical gold equation is pretty dicey. I mean, you, you, you only have to cut off a little bit of physical supply for this inverted pyramid to start to collapse. But 500 tons, uh, what they're doing is what every other central bank is doing is thinking, hey, we better repatriate, we better take control, look what happened, it could happen to anybody. And China is doing the same thing. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that. And are you seeing anything from your side of the, of the pitch? Well, I'm, I'm not watching the gold market quite as closely as I used to because I'm working on a documentary right now. And certainly you, you are the guy that follows, you know, every, you know, squiggle in, in, in the gold market. I'm uh, following the miners, and, and the miners are, you know, a, uh, as I said, a derivative play to the gold price. But what we saw with uh, geopolitical, which I'm watching closely, and where we are with Russia and the Ukraine, and, and looking at inflation, uh, and, and where we are on rates, and, you know, these are astounding times, and we just have every confidence that these miners are going to go up a lot. And we, frankly, uh, have been a big fan of physical gold and physical silver versus paper gold and, and paper silver, and we, we saw this decline that happened recently was all in the paper market. So, so that's what's going on. The paper market has been driving the price down, but that's not going to last forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is, this is what, what staggers us, really, and, and, and all of us who, who understand the gold market, um, is that to fight a physical price, a physical price that is rising, a stair-step physical price that is rising based on real true supply uh, demand fundamentals. To fight that with paper gold is an own gold. It's an own goal, sorry, because what that's doing is reopening the gold window that Nixon closed 50 years ago. And you, after all, uh, and, and if I, I've got this right, uh, David, wasn't didn't Powell the other day wasn't he screaming stagflation was he not was this not what is the, on the front burner isn't that what caused what triggered um, the gold window to be shut in 1971 stagflation well exactly and and I think we are facing that today I mean now the talk has moved away from 
transitory inflation. And now we, you know, crept up to 8%. And now we have the price of oil that's going to ripple through, you know, prices. And so uh, we, we see airline prices up a lot. I've been making reservations lately, and I'm astounded about how much higher they've gone. So that's that's obviously affecting your your um, managing your decisions to manage your assets. Obviously, exactly. The other thing that pops up, and I'd like your your your, your thoughts on this too, is that quite clearly, um, it, it, although although we have no absolute proof of this, but it is credible, very very credible. The sources we're getting it from is that there is. Um, for, for very cheap discounted Russian oil, there is an oil for gold trade beginning. It's the thin end of the wedge. Um, and I think uh, it's inevitable. I think five to 10 years from now, there's something was gonna happen. It was gonna happen anyway, but I think it's been fought to the front burner. But I think, um, I guess really what, I, what I'm trying to say here is that um, if, if we see the physical, uh, physical gold being swapped for oil, that's going to destroy, completely destroy the paper market because you cannot swap a paper gold credit position for a physical asset. That makes a lot of sense. And certainly we've seen talk just in the last couple of weeks about uh, in, in the oil market as far as uh, purchases for Renembi, you know, the, the Saudis have somewhat, you know, given Americans a cold shoulder lately. You know, it looks like they're sidling up closer and closer to the Chinese. We know the Chinese and the Russians cannot stand our status as world's reserve currency status and are essentially taking positions to move the global economy away from that. Uh, this is an extraordinary time. And here we are in a time where uh, we, we have these negative real rates. I mean, how can that, you know, attract people to the U.S. dollar being the world's reserve currency? And then also it's been our aircraft carriers and our defense position that's uh, made uh, global uh, nations to be uh, okay with the U.S. dollar. But certainly we're not defending uh, the Ukraine that well at this point. And therefore, a lot of our allies have got to be worried about our uh, positioning, you know, on the military front. Yeah. And I think I think what's also interesting is we're talking about the um, uh, really a, a, the dissolution of the petrodollar ultimately down the road. And um, I think uh, looking at really China's enveloping horn uh, is currently exploiting a very weak flank that the US exposed when they retreated from Afghanistan. I mean, good God, David, was it not a major component for the, for the petrodollar to have that Saudi would enjoy the protection of the US military? Um, and, and then when the US retreated, I mean, ran with their tail, with, with their legs from Afghanistan. And, and then really we're looking at a far and increasingly woke US military, I think, both Russia and China, are they not better suited to fulfill the role of looking, of protecting the Middle East? You can certainly make that case. And we, we certainly have a very woke military today. And certainly Joe Biden is not engendering confidence 
as far as uh, for the petrodollar defense. And that that plays a huge role in this. Yeah, and, and I think that's that that's right. So so essentially, I mean, and then and then I know you're a, a big advocate of silver too. I know that silver is, I know you very well, and I know that silver is is one of your very big uh, in it's sort of uh, you follow silver very very closely, and I think you have a good investment into silver. Do you have some silver miners as well? Uh, yes, we, we do own some silver miners. I mean, they are fewer to come by, unfortunately, but we, we like First Majestic. We like Pan American Silver. Uh, we, we like the, the old uh, Silver Standard. You know, those companies are all companies that we love. And we feel like the gold-silver ratio is going to return to, you know, more like the 20 range, which is going to cause silver to skyrocket dramatically. And we think there's a huge chance of a uh, physical silver squeeze in the silver market. And, and I must say, I totally agree with you. And, and, and sort of the more we look into the, uh, this counterintuitive action, it, 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 more, it boggles the mind. This is why I believe it's a PSYOPs operation. Um, it, it really is just, it just, it really is. If you think about the bets that have been made against silver, the, the, the heavy bets that were made against silver, in a period that were probably a year ago or more, I mean, most of the option structure, a lot of these bets were made a year ago, so ago. For one second, did they imagine that we would see a commodity crisis like this? And silver being one of the most undervalued commodities on the planet Earth, as you say, you've just referred to a ratio. We, we were 80 to one the other day. I mean, this is ludicrous. So uh, I think that that kind of leads me to the, the, the analogy, an analogy here of, hey, look at what happened in the nickel market where we see a 250% price rise in 24 hours. This, this was an over-the-counter market position, paper position, that went awry. And we now have enough geopolitical drivers here that, would, that suggest all commodities are going to be um, severely uh, undervalued at current prices. And what's your thoughts on silver in, into that squeeze? Oh, I think silver is the most attractive asset out there. And the fact that we went from 29000 uh, a ton for nickel to over $100,000 in, in, in 24 hours is astounding. And uh, this type of thing can happen in squeezes and, and where we have uh, this paradox between physical and paper markets. And so investors should not be surprised if something like this happens. Yeah. And I think, I think um, people, we, 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 you know, people that I come across and, and we see these pictures of people being offered, hey, here's a candy bar and here's, here's, uh, here's an ounce of silver, you know, people take the candy bar. I mean, it's like, you know, this is a, a psychological this is the result of a psyops operation where, um, but where really, um, because it's been capped for so long, a lot of funds look at silver and go, well, you know, there's no mileage in it. You know, it's going to stay in a range. You know, uh, maybe I'll short against it because it's going to stay in a range. Now you're the you're the you're the absolute experts on on how you would value a short long position and and. 
Do you think that's a wise a wise call being short silver right now? Oh, those those people are going to get burned, Andrew. You and I both both know it, and so it, it's going to uh, be a time where they will rue the day that they took short positions in silver. Yeah, and while and while we see um, an insidious relationship uh, with the nickel trade, with um, let's face it, I mean I know people who traded that. Uh, on the long side, and and there's obviously a lot of lawsuits now, et cetera, et cetera. But hey, if you if you legitimately traded that, and you 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 rode that short squeeze higher, and then you suddenly get told that you cannot capitalize on that, and they've just unwound all your trades, I I think that's the message I'm trying to convey to people who have paper silver. Watch out because you think you're riding that you think you're riding the price higher but actually they could just as easily decide to eliminate all those trades overnight and and certainly you know that market better than anybody in the world andrew and again your listeners are very blessed having your wisdom conveyed to them yeah and i think i think um if anyone needs to i mean this is this is the, the all the clues are there and we're talking about silver here because we love we love us we love silver and and uh, it is and the, the wall street silver guys you know are, are close to our hearts i mean these guys are drawing a lot of attention and i think what happened was was interesting because what they did was illustrate uh in in february 2021 when uh, when we suddenly saw this this a lot of um, money flowing into SLV because people hadn't wised up yet to it's the SLV is to me a rigged game but anyway but um, that's just my opinion but um, but essentially when BlackRock came out and said uh, and hang on this one point something billion of ounces that, that were, no no we cannot go out to the market and buy it. Well, why not? Is my question. Why not? Um, so, because if somebody has purchased um, shares in this trust, and there's a billion odd ounces that needs to be secured, how can you make a statement to say it's not available when actually at any in any market there's always a market price? And and again, your listeners should go back and listen to all your from the vault episodes where you've explained that. You know, phenomenal. I think that's that's one of the you've successfully ridden the short stocks, long gold trade um, for so many years, uh, and I think this is people should really pay attention to what you're saying. Um, and and even when this diluted paper gold trade has, has outperformed the S and P's, and and you did that call back in the, in 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 the, right at the turn of the around the, in the zero in the noughties as they call it, um, and, and we've noticed a really bullish divergence um, going on ourselves. Do you, the Fed put? It's I guess really what I'm leading to is this Fed put um, it, that's in place for stocks that everyone knows is in place for stocks, um, and, and with this collapse in real yields, I guess the question is. And still the stock market bubble pops. Do you think gold can now rise with stocks for a while if you think that stocks are going to continue to rise? Well, if if the Fed put, which we know is still in place, and there's a lot of people that are thinking we could have a continued melt up from here, 
you know, frankly, uh, I can't discount that as being impossible because I've been burned too often by underestimating, you know, the, the Fed put and melt-ups. And if, but what we experienced from 70, I'm sorry, from 2013 to 2017 was really a melt-up and we uh, protected ourselves by being long gold and silver mining companies. So we ended up losing money on our short positions, but we made a lot of money in gold stocks. And therefore, if, if you want to be short this market, you should really be long uh, miners or bullion to be able to offset that. Because what you're experiencing is a depreciation in terms of the currency, and therefore that can cause stock prices to levitate, but then, you know, at the end of the day, your miners and your bullion is going up because of that depreciation of the currency. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And and I think that people should listen because this is, I mean, this sort of, this market's hell of a, really confused. The more intelligent you are, the more confusing this market is. Uh, and I think, um, you know, people just follow along and they'll, and I really, I think at this point here, what amazes me is that um, really it's become the point now where people just chase momentum, just chase momentum one direction or the other. There's no logical sense to it. I think, um, what, again, what sets you apart is that many money managers, um, really all they care about is performing well against each other um, and therefore don't entertain gold as part of that trade. I mean, if you all get it wrong, no one gets fired. <laughs> The one person that bought gold, uh, unless he's winning, unless he wins, gets fired. And it's interesting um, that um, and, and to have you here um, is 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 a real privilege to um, to see the 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 other side of that picture that uh, people don't get to see. And um, and I look, I know David, I know you've been so generous here because you, I know you're on the road. Uh, you're in a hotel. You've got to check out. Um, you've spared us some some time here, which which I so appreciate. I would really like you at another point if we could spare some time and circle back, um, and maybe in a in a month or so, we see what's happening here, uh, what's happened, and uh, this commodity market is 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 a real focus for us here, silver, gold, uh, and really see the the um, the revaluation of gold inevitable now it's inevitable and i think um the um, the u.s has scored an own goal against themselves well it's such an honor to spend time with you andrew and you and i are personal friends i'm glad to come on any time with you david um how can people find you actually i'm working on a documentary right now and okay. this is called grid down power up and this is about the vulnerability of the power grid the American power grid and actually all our civilian infrastructure. And with what we've seen with Russia and Ukraine today and threats that Vladimir Putin has put out there, and uh, this is truly a threat that could kill, you know, tens of millions of Americans if our power grid goes down. So our website is griddownpowerup.com. I'd love people to visit and they can find me there. When is this documentary um, going to be ready, do you think, uh, David? 
Uh, this documentary is going to be launched July 15th at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. Fantastic. Okay, so this is a live event and um, in Vegas. Yes. And it'll be available um, on... Yes, um, it's going to be available on our website at griddownpowerup.com. And we're very excited about actually starting a movement. We're moving this movie into a movement because American citizens need to stand up and say, we're not going to take this anymore, that our power grid needs to be protected. Uh, essentially, our legislators and regulators have talked around this subject for uh, more than four decades, and very little has been done. And frankly, we are at great risk. Well, and living in Texas, you that I mean, that brings it right to the front burner, doesn't it? Because you've experienced um, just a taste of what you're talking about. And, and like you said, it truly is a taste. And in our film, we bring up the fact that there's a vast difference between a uh, interruption, a grid interruption, and a grid being down phenomena. If power goes out for six months, it's, it's not just a couple hundred people that'll die, it will be tens of millions. Because in that case, our water systems will not be working and people will die if they don't have water for three days. And then the food supply is interrupted, there will be uh, chaos in the streets. Uh, it can be very, very chaotic and uh, problematic with tens of millions of people dying. And frankly, this is a fixable problem that we can fix. And really what you're doing here is you, you, you are generating a movement to do something about this. Exactly. Yeah, that's so important. Thank you for that. And, and I certainly will be logging in. And, um, and if I can get into the US, um, and, uh, then I will definitely come. Uh, I'd really love it. It'd be an honor to, to come and uh, see the launch of this. And, and certainly it's something, it's a concern, which I don't think if you talk to the average person, have no concept of what you've just mentioned could happen. And so easily, geopolitics, this could happen easily. And, and, and it would, it, you, you wouldn't even know it was gonna happen until it happened. David, thank you so much. And I really do look forward to seeing you both personally and here again. Thank you very, very much. Great to be with you guys. Be well. Well, thank you so much, David Tice and Andrew McGuire, of course, for another fascinating discussion. And uh, we'd like to remind you to click on the link below, of course, to get more information on David's brand new documentary. It's called Grid Down, Power Up. So just click the link below. And remember, as we conclude here, to buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets they're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another episode of Live from the Vault. Please help us spread the word about this channel by keep on liking it, hit the share button, subscribe, and then click on that bell if you'd like to be notified every time one of these episodes goes live. So with that, we'll see you next time on Live from the Vault. See you then.